Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Piron. Well, I've certainly brought the, the question of practice very, very close to home. In fact, it's right in front of my nose, it being uh, my computer, which was custom built at a, a shop in Torrington, Connecticut shop called Computer Heads that I've been uh, going to for different generations of my computers since the 80s. And uh, the story that you'll hear when I open this conversation with Dan Olekiu, who uh, works in that shop his dad, uh, with his dad, uh, also is a wonderful uh, teacher and uh, department leader in a technical high school. Uh, but when we started talking, I told the story about why this computer now is zinging and zinging and doing wonderful things and giving me much more speed and much more uh, clarity of my Zoom image, the whole thing. And it was because of him. It's because what he did, the key word being do, what he knew and then did. And so the rest of the conversation moves from there. But I'm still looking at the same computer right now, hearing it hum softly, uh, and knowing that when I listen to this introduction, it's going to be crystal clear because of Dan and his talent and his concern for my results in making this computer uh, a significant part of my day. So here is a technical high school leader, co-owner of a computer shop of great merit, Dan Alecu. I'm going to start this conversation with Dan O. Oluxu. Oluxu. And he just told me how to pronounce it. My short-term memory just got shorter. Dan Oluxu. I'm going to start this conversation with him with a basic reminder of what practice is, our way of thinking of practice. And it is the conscious choice to pursue results indefinitely, no matter what the circumstances and situation, because those results matter a great deal. And therefore, a person will apply himself or herself to achieving them. And at each point in time, this will get me to the when Dan and I had our last meeting, at it, at each point in time when your practice sort of brings you in like a vehicle uh, to the moment, you apply what you know, discover what you don't know, do some on-the-spot learning. And if that frees you up to move ahead, you've achieved uh, a, an important moment in, in your practice. So Dan is the uh, department head of the institute. IT instructional technology, uh, yeah, instructional technology department. Information technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing it, folks. Uh, as we speak, information technology department at uh, a wonderful tech high school in Waterbury, Connecticut, called Keeney. Keener. <laughs> Well, this podcast has pretty much started out on a wrong foot, but not. 
my appreciation of Dan because uh, what I'm talking about is a moment of a couple of months ago now where I brought my ailing computer in. Uh, it was barely allowing anything through. The Zoom image was like a bad cartoon, you know, it was sort of wiggly and waggling and turning colors. And uh, Dan, who works with his dad uh, when he's not at the at the tech school, and he looked at it with me. We sat out in uh, the outer room of their shop up in Torrington called Computer Heads, and uh, we tried different things. Swap this out, change that out, uh, and it started to look like it was going to revive. And this is the point where I knew that I wanted to feature Dan's practice sense because it was in that moment that he he himself, even though it was functioning, the picture wasn't wiggling anymore. He said, Dave, I don't, this just doesn't seem right right now. That little subtle touch just doesn't seem right. Do you remember that moment? Or, <laughs> I mean, you've seen many customers since, but... What went what went through your head? Yeah, the uh, what always goes through my head at that point is, um, would I be happy with this, or would this be something that I would be comfortable with? Uh, you know, using myself. Um, you know, does it feel like uh, you know a computer should? Does it work intuitively? Um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, putting yourself in my place or any customer's place, knowing that when we walk out the door of computer heads, we we weren't working out of some big company like Dell or whoever makes big computers or or, or what's the electronics store that sells? Oh, uh, Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, Best Buy. Yeah, where it's relatively impersonal. And if you came back later and said my computer isn't working right, they would say. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to give you a refund, but we'll send it out to the shop. I don't know what they would say, but it wasn't yeah. the same experience. Someone who really sat there looking through essentially my eyes, and you knew that I uh, was doing podcasting. I certainly made it clear. You knew that I had a book, you know, in there. And, uh, and it was a big outlet for me here <laughs> in Northwestern Connecticut uh, to have a functioning computer. And you also may have guessed uh, that I'm not made of money uh, and that, you know, easily could have said, well, it's dead, put the sheet over and uh, send me out to spend a thousand dollars or more. Yeah. But that didn't happen. But what did happen since you had that intuitive sense that someone who's deep in practice a particular practice has uh it was was it the hard drive i think that's what it was um you know that was part of it so uh yeah so i remember i remember your storage space was uh basically full um you had consumed uh you know all <laughs> of uh, however many gigabytes you you had um, you would use it all up, you know, and once you told me you were working a lot with video, that made sense. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, because that's something that does consume a lot of space. And, um, and I think while we were at it, uh, we went for, um, a newer CPU because zoom is a processor 
dependent in the way that um, certain features of Zoom won't work. And I know this just from working a lot with uh, with customers and businesses that that did a lot, especially um, you know over uh, I guess what we call the COVID years. You mm. know, um, people uh, adjusting to that and using Zoom. Um, and Zoom uh, decided that you know the company that the uh, the virtual background uh, settings and mm-hmm. and, uh, and other settings like that only work with certain CPUs mm-hmm. um, and really only work well with a certain level of uh, processor. So we gave you a little bit of a processor upgrade too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you could do that to a nearly eighty year old man. You know, like stick something <laughs> in. Click, click, swap something out. Well, I guess that's what happens to older people. We sometimes they'll swap out the parts and put something yep. new in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, as folks are listening to what you just said, Dan, I, I, what they I think should focus on is your understanding of the interactions among parts, the system itself. Uh, and the messages that were coming to your mind, if you said, well, you know, Dave still can't get a background. So, you know, we tried that. And it, 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 so that's something there. And I know that there's a thing that Zoom has done to make sure that people who want to have the, the backgrounds have a certain CPU. And of course, I wasn't too sure what CPU stood for. Compu- CPU? A central processing unit. Yeah like a brain <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then there's a motherboard uh, there's a lot of analogies in there to human uh, parts or animal parts but uh yeah so uh when i i remember this vividly he said he said well give me an hour go have some lunch they suggested a restaurant that uh was really really good suggestions Vinny's. uh so i walked down there and when i came back Lo and behold, my machine was new again. <laughs> it was like, yeah. whoa. And it zoomed and it zigged and it zagged. And, and I have done maybe another 30 podcast recordings since then without a flaw, not any wiggly screens or any problems. Awesome. And I'll tell you now, this is the point, one of the huge points of the main think, way of thinking of practice. While results are what you were going for, as a technician, essentially, and a business person, uh, many of the results that many sorts of practitioners achieve land on others in a good way. That uh, in the sense of problem solving, which is what we were doing, enhancements, which is what you were doing. Uh, and the other thing about it is that that result continued to comp pound its benefits over time the stream of results is important now let's flip to your role as a as a teacher of people who are preparing to work in the world of in, in, of information tech uh, technology yeah. technology uh how how can you help them catch on to the compounding benefits of the solutions that they can bring to a customer or to a, a firm or whatever. Have you been able to teach them a little bit about you've learned about that? Uh, yeah. So one of the ways that we can work with high school students um, in that way, you know, when they choose IT as a trade, um, we 
send them out to work amongst the staff at our school. Uh, they do a lot of work with the other teachers. Um, mm. You know, the state supplies our school with, you know, computers that are kind of good enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, they say, okay, here's a new computer for you. But in reality, you know, I can look at it and some of my, you know, more advanced students look at it and they say, well, you know, Mr. <laughs> o, that's, that's not a new computer. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know. But, you know, it'll work good enough for, for the, the, the typical use case, I guess they, they, they assume. So anyway, I have the students um, uh, start working one-on-one with teachers, you know, where, where they'll go and, you know, they'll, and I'll give them a briefing if it's, if it's their first or second time. And I'll say, you know, well, this, this teacher's looking to accomplish, you know, A, B, and C. They want their, their smart board to work correctly. They want their um, programs to load a little faster and they need, to play, you know, their old DVDs or something like that. So they might need mm-hmm. another piece of hardware that they're going to borrow or you're going to recommend that they're going to buy it because they don't want to, you know, assumably wait three weeks for the state to a ordering process to fulfill or whatever. So, um, you know, uh, I, I give them the tools that they need to, uh, to answer questions like that in a, you know, a quick professional manner. And, you know, and, and I, and I like to send the, the same students, if I can, if I have them um, with me at that point in time, back to the same, you know, instructor over and over again. And so they become um, a client in a sense. Yeah. 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 And it, and it works out really well. Um, you know, we have other shops in the school. We have a um, the the auto shop, the electrical shop. They, they do have computers for various things. Uh, you know, the auto shop has a computer that runs their alignment machine, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So so it's kind of cool. We get a, a hands-on experience with, you know, how computers are used in different ways in industry uh, without even leaving the doors of our school. Um, mm. So there's that too. Our students also get to go out on work-based learning, you know, so I'll, I'll encourage that uh, for students that, you know, have the time and, and the want to do it, you know, once they get to their junior year and beyond. So um, pairing them up with a uh, a business that they, you know, work in. And, and that gives them a, a completely different, you know, perspective also, you know, it's not just um, working with teachers who might in a lot of ways be a little kinder and more patient with the students, um, you know, when they're, when they're out in a different environment, yeah. you know, the yeah. expectations are different. So uh, yeah. to, to learn that and kind of, it's still kind of a safe space because they're, you know, it's a, it's a job that, you know, the employer still has the understanding that, okay, this person is still learning. So, yeah. um, and overall, since you've been doing this a number of years, do you get the feeling that at least a significant portion of those majors in 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 technology uh, go on and either get straight into the job market or go on for advanced study? Uh, have you been able to track that at all? Yeah, yeah, a lot of. So I would say. A lot of them do go on to college. Uh, more than half uh, choose good. to to continue uh, studies. Um, uh, computer science is a big choice um, that the students go for. We we teach a little bit of programming in our in our trade uh, throughout the four years. Um, we get them, you know, uh, computer science fundamentals as a uh, as a college credit through our course. So mm. some students, you know, might want to go the software developer route or, or something similar to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that'll be their, their target. Um, some students 
uh, go for further learning. And, and the big one now is security, uh, um, network security. Network security, yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's a big popular one. Um, I do have uh, um, probably probably a, only a couple every with every graduating class go direct into the field. Um, I'd like to see that happen more and more. Yeah, um, the, field, the field would too. I think there's demand. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and the students that do, uh, I keep in close touch with. Um, one of them actually worked for us for for like eight months or so and and then when you know realize and i and i told him i was like hey you know you, you can work for us um but write down everything on your resume that i'm gonna have you do you know certain so yes. i helped i helped him pick out certain moments you know in time where you know I'm, I'm going on site to a business and we're working on a network and i'll bring him along with me and um it wasn't long before he realized he was sending out resumes and he was getting lots of interview opportunities uh -huh. and, uh, yeah so he you know within i think he's only 20 right now um you know and, and he's making a salary right now that a lot of uh adults a decade or two older than him would probably be you know a little jealous of so you know it, it works out um and I, and I use him as a, an example for for other students as well i'll say that well yeah you know, it just takes focus, takes, you know, and, and work. And just as with any trade, you know, the same thing with uh, um, the students that go into the electrical trade, you know, they get a certain number of hours worth of experience and it's, you know, not long before they're moving along the path and getting a job here and a job there. And um, yeah, I mean, really the IT field um, in terms of the hands-on sense where, where a student can work, um, you know, uh, uh, for com on computer systems, on networking systems. Um, I mean, certifications certainly help, but it's really just experience. Yeah, experience-based field, and if they see that you you have the experience um, in in the certain areas that that they're looking for, you know, you'll be snapped right up. I, I um, of course, have always had a tremendous interest in experiential learning, which is what you've described in in one of its many configurations. But uh, I guess my thought is that there's experience and then there's experience. And the difference is perhaps that person you had for eight months, uh, it sunk in. He did to take the notes. He did um, pay uh, more attention. Uh, his phone was not in his hand and he wasn't checking out what's on TikTok uh, or any of these other things. In other words, he focuses, focused his attention and my guess is, as would be the case of many you've helped, that he did have a future in mind, that he 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 was seeing the connection between what you were showing him and and then therefore he was actually doing inside the boxes that you were you were preparing or, or building in the shop. And uh, that uh, on his resume was part of it. The other part probably came through in an interview. Or, or in that probation period that some people have to have, where they actually have to get out there and show that they can do, do the do. So uh, that that's a very satisfying um, situation for you, I think, as, as a teacher and in in this case as a business person. Yeah. Oh, definitely, very very satisfying for me. I mean, that's you know, I used to think um, back when I started teaching before I was a trade instructor. I used to think, oh, you know, teaching's all right, but you know, maybe I'll, 
I'll, I'll get out of teaching at some point and, and just focus more on the business end of things or something like that. And, and I ended up, you know, as a trade, it took um, kind of a winding path a little bit, but um, in short, uh, you know, once I became a trade instructor, then the, uh, um, I don't know, the, the dividends really started coming in, you know, it was, uh, it was very rewarding and, uh, and I don't see myself leaving anytime soon, leaving teaching because it is, it is very enjoyable. And uh, students that, that come to our school uh, for um, the reason of, you, you know, the trade, um, which is, uh, you know, what that student did, actually, I, I did have to um, encourage him a little bit to, uh, to remind him that he did have to pass math and English to get a, his, his, his high school diploma. Um, but, oh, um, man, that sucks. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> math, he, English, why? How am I going to use that with my yeah, hands I did have inside a computer? Serious, serious conversation I remember with that student specifically, um, you yeah. know, and, and then they realized, okay, well, this is another a hurdle I have to get get over. And, and you know, I would remind him even when uh, his, his writing assignments and, and reflection on what he was doing sometimes lacked uh, mm. lacked detail and whatever. And I, and I told him, I said, you know, once you're out in the workforce, you know, you're going to be required to write reports. Yep. You're going to, if you're in IT, you might be asked to uh, give people instructions or, or write, write like a brief manual about how a certain software system works, That's especially right. as you, you know, um, rise through the ranks. Uh, and, and he's since come back to me and said, you were right. You were right. <laughs> you were right about writing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it it is rewarding. I want to um, switch the switch over to uh, where I first where I first actually met you, and uh, you were probably 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, you were quite young, <laughs> and you were. Uh, Essentially, helping out in your dad's shop with a computer ads. Your dad, who is was a, a teacher in, mm-hmm. in the technical area, but he formed this business uh, initially. When I first met you, I think it was in the front room of your of your house, uh, maybe even as far back as when you were in Winstead. But yeah. my my point is that I uh, came looking for uh, results. Uh, because I could have easily gone out and bought a commercial computer back then. We're talking a long time ago, but um, there's something about that that made me say, I think I'd rather go with a custom-built computer uh, because if something's not right, and for my lack of ability to learn this thing, I want to go to a human being. And I instantly uh, formed trust in your dad, and partly because... It was clear to him and to me that uh, while he could sell me something more than I needed, he wanted to sell me what I needed. And uh, after the second or third computer, uh, you guys would swap out parts and give me uh, some some benefit uh, on uh, parts that he could then use in another computer. So it was a wonderful business model. And and it really gave me a lot of confidence, even up to the point when Dan, you and I looked at this computer that I'm staring through now, and you you went back out there and said, "Well, right, he's going to need a new CPU and this and that." But you and your dad collaborated and said, "Well, these are the these are the markdowns we'll give you on the, the equipment that you did take out." 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's great. So let, let me then go to your to your experience from all those years working alongside your dad. Uh, what sort of lessons did you learn about business itself, not just technical computer repair, which is a hell of a lot to learn, but just doing business in a small town, uh, which basically runs on reputation? Yeah, I I learned a lot. Um well, first and foremost, you know, my dad's um, background was was in kind of small business. Um, he he started as an independent insurance uh, salesperson, hmm. and I I was always around that, and that's how we started to get into computers as well. But um, you know, so seeing how you know the fine art of uh, communicating with others, um, and you know, not. The, the teaching part was something that always, you know, I gravitated towards, um, and I and I realized it was what I wanted to do. But um, the the other part of it was, you know, at the end of the day, you're kind of moving a product, also, mm. um, and that's something that I don't know if I've ever really stopped learning how to do that better. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, over the years, I guess I just become more comfortable with that idea, um, and. Uh, you know, making customer satisfaction and all that. I mean, that was certainly a big, big part of it. But um, getting things done in a timely manner. I remember at a young age, you know, that was something where I, you know, I struggled a little bit and I might have even uh, butted heads with my dad, you know, and I would say, well, you know, uh, to do this, uh, to do this right, you know, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to do this, 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 and this. And he would tell me, well, how how much do you think this person wants to pay you? You know, and, and I was like, well, <laughs> probably, you know, a uh, hundred dollars or something. He said, okay, well, how long is it going to take you? And I was like, oh, it's going to take hours though. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, are you going to get paid? Down to three cents an hour there. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, you, you learn know, scale. Like that, learning, learning kind of the, the compromise yep. of, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, we started the business. Um, my my mom d- demanded that, you know, if, if you want to keep pursuing this hobby, which it was at the time for mm-hmm. my dad and I, um, you know, you, you have to start a business, you have to make a few bucks, That's otherwise right. it's not going to work. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so there was all, there was that learning that part of it. Um, oh, and then just, you know, working, working with a parent as the boss, um, <laughs> oh. was, was an interesting dynamic, but of course. <laughs> well, I've met both your folks and off and on for many years, and you're very fortunate. You have two two terrific parents uh, uh, who complement each other in ways that couples should, if they're going to stay married a long time. But there yeah. was a but there was a, a trust there, and I remember early on when one of my ailing computers came in. Uh, maybe even before you created the new shop, I was still back in the front room that um, uh, that that your father would say, okay, I'm going to give this to Daniel and he's going to work on it. You, you were still in high school and and I figured you'd rather be out throwing a basketball uh, around with friends or whatever, but it was a Saturday and you took it on and uh, worked worked at it while I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs. He did. He could have done it himself, but I suspect that what he was doing was feeding your uh, experiential learning 
by saying, okay, you, you tackle this one. This would be a good one for you to look at. And then if you get stuck, right, yeah, you come over. Now, there was a, and you say, your dad, look at now, there is a point, I'm sure there was like a transition and you've gone way beyond what your father could could see in the moment. <laughs> like with my case, I mean, they tried very hard to solve the problem, but then you can then they said, well, why don't you come back next week when Daniel could be here? Because they knew that there was something more going on. And so in, in some ways, you eclipse your dad's uh, technical quick eye and ability to move on things, but not his sense of business. I, and right. I think that's that was it was and is a very strong point. And I, I must add that, um, <laughs> which I really admire, is that your your dad in particular uh, is a is a uh, religious leader? He he has services in the other side of your shop, um, and yep. it, it's a good feeling. It you know it just like I, I figured no one's going to take my money away under false pretenses yeah. when I can look up and see a cross on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that that influences well. So in these last couple of minutes, Dan. I I think that what you said at the beginning about having an instinct or an intuition about uh, how to know when something isn't quite right. Uh, have you been able to transfer now that you've had a lot of experience in schooling as a department leader and all that? Have you found yourself having a similar sense that we can do something better? Or th this could be readdressed in a, in a new way. In other words, making you a little more innovative than you might have been otherwise. Yeah. Do you mean with uh, computer systems specifically? And 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 with the organization of the school and and the other um, very uh, very highly changing aspects of working in a schooling situation, and we might draw some leadership from you. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> Well, from, from an organizational standpoint, um, in, in terms of things being right or not right, I mean, I, I think of at the school specifically that I work at, being a trade school, um, uh, the two main things that we want, we want um, the right student uh, coming in, you know, which I, I know every teacher in every discipline, you know, wishes they could get. I'm yeah, sure, just but. give me smarter students and I'd be a brilliant teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that speech. I right. don't think yep. I've given it, but uh, so, yeah. The, so yeah. And for us, what we're looking for is, it isn't necessarily, you know, the student that's gonna, you know, get a perfect SAT score. We want, you know, just a student who wants to be there and, and performance, notwithstanding, you know, uh, if they spend time in any trade, because uh, I talk to a lot of trade instructors um, throughout throughout my day and in the years, and um, that that's that's what we're looking for. And um, but but sometimes you know because it's a public school, we're kind of hindered in a way. Um, they used to have a, a a certain method of taking students in, and that's changed over the years um, because of you know certain state requirements, and you sure. know you have to take this student or that student or students from this area and, mm -hmm. and things like that, um, which I, which I understand. Um, but, but one thing, so there's that. Um, and 
The other thing is uh, the student's future, you know, is kind of, it can be heavily influenced by whether or not they get something like a work-based learning placement or something like that. And, um, and that is something that our system is starting to focus on again um, Good. With, Good. with all of our trade areas. Uh, but for a while, you know, I was kind of, I kind of felt like I was an, uh, on an island in information technology where, you know, I was, I was getting kids placements, but, you know, only, only a couple of the, a year or so for each grade level. Um, and it wasn't, I just felt like uh, there should be more out there. Um, yes. So, um, you know, but I, I guess that some of that has to do with, uh, you know, getting the right networking. Um, some of that did fall onto me, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I felt like, you know, I, I did what I could, but uh, you know, in, in that sense anyway. Um, yeah. You know, it, it does definitely, it completes the, the, the results cycle. I mean, if you, it, it, it would be to torture the analogy one last time, if you had let me go out the door with a computer that was working a little bit better mm -hmm. uh, versus uh, seeing how you could take it all the way through to the point where it was more certain that it would be functioning optimally for the age of the computer. And to be the same with the kids, you work them hard, you tell them someday, and this is how it'll be and so forth. And hopefully they'll pick up a bit from the street or their parents and so forth. But the, the real test, the full test of their uh, potential to do well in the trade is to get them out there while they're still in school. And then you get the feedback and they get the feedback. And, and now you're graduating someone who you're more certain uh, is going to give, uh, build a nice future for herself, but also give the school a good reputation, mm -hmm. uh, which then increases the, the demand of, of uh, businesses and agencies out there to say, give us more uh, of your students. The, the ones you've had are terrific. Isn't that so? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is. I guess in that way, it's uh, circular, you know, it's, it, all it is. Comes, comes it, back. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, Dan, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for this. And I, from the beginning of this conversation to now, I still can't remember how to pronounce your last name because I, it's Jones, right? Or Smith. <laughs> Olexu, yeah. Olexu. I, I'm going to tattoo that on some place that I won't forget. It. Because, uh, you know, can you imagine how I get through 30 years in, uh, teaching in a Britain-based school uh, without knowing how to pronounce or even uh, spell a, a, a Polish name? It's like... Yeah. I was low, I was lost. I had to fall uh, on the mercy of <laughs> the wonderful Polish students and other who had uh, uh, Eastern European names. Like, please help me out. <laughs> and you have you've been very kind about it. As always, I truly admire you and your family. And I can and I even uh, one day we by chance met uh, on a walk at the Nipark Dam, and I saw your beautiful daughter, and I thought, oh, it, that's. There, there's someone who's going to be uh, out working and out thinking and out pleasing uh, those parents because she was delightful. So you've done well, man. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't want to have to come back to your shop for a while. 
Isn't that the worst that part of it, time. though? <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 but when I do, it'll be for a new computer. And But this one's doing so well that perhaps it'll be a while. So thank you again. Perfect. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, oh, how could I have forgotten? Our digital book, On Practice as a Way of Being, is now available. You'll find it online at www.mylibrary.world. I worked on that book after Peter passed away, and I think you will find it a unique and very, very mobile reading experience, since it's wherever your screen is in hand or at hand.